0: Welcome back, SC faithful, to episode sixty-seven of the Weekly Wrap. I'm here with Lottie. How are you, mate? Good, Jack. How are you, mate? Good. Good to get back into it again this week. Time flies. It does fly, around, do you? It's just annoying that the other boys aren't here, but that's all right. We'll carry through today, and we've got a big episode, a lot to talk about. There's plenty, plenty to talk about in the AFL world, but we're going to spread it wider. We got obviously you got Collingwood goes a game clear on top of the ladder over Port Adelaide. The middle bracket though is about as clear as mud with your boys, Carlton. Four in a row, improve. 50 points margin. They beat Port Adelaide. They're coming. My boys, the Bombers, not so great. But there's talks of a wild card, which is going to ramp up. And there's six weeks to go in the AFL. But we'll, we'll be getting into that later on with the AFL as we do at the end. Danny Ricardo, he returns the Aussie back into the F1. He prepares for Budapest. The Hungry Track under Alpha Tory with their social media team there having an absolute man. Have you seen this? I have I, I have heard a sneaky little rumor about this. Mate, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so, what they've done is they've photoshopped Danny Ricardo's head onto their driver that they've just sacked. His name's Nick DeVries. they've just sacked him and just gone, we'll, we'll just photoshop a big bobblehead <laughs> of Danny Ricciardo at the top, which is unbelievable. Uh, for a multi-billion dollar business, uh, it's probably not you can right. see where they
1: You can see where they make all their money. <laughs> yeah,
0: you can, that's why they're the little brother of uh, Red Bull at the moment. But, yeah, they're struggling. Um, Wimbledon saw a new champion in Carlos Alcaraz, the world number one. He defeated Novak Djokovic in five sets. Um, he's the first different champion outside the big four, and the big four is Nadal, Murray, uh, Djokovic, and, of course, Federer, who's won it eight times. Different champion, first time since 2002. And in 2002, it was our man, Leighton Hewitt, beating David Nalbandian. So it's good to see a new champion, which, again, we're going to talk about later on, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But there's plenty happening in the ashes at the moment, mate.
1: Yep. We're about to start the fourth test tonight, actually, as of recording right now on a Wednesday. Um, we've, it, it took a while for our 11 to drop, but it's dropped today. Um, I think it's one of the first times in a while that we've gone without a spinner. Can you even recall the last time we've gone without a spinner in a main test match? No, nah, I can't. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, it probably has happened at some point, but it's, it's escaping me. Um, so we've got, as from the top, we've got Warner, Kawaja, Labashane, Smith, Head, Mitch Marsh, Cameron Green, Alex Carey, Mitch Stark, Pat Cummins, and Josh Hazelwood. So comes with the dropping of uh, Nathan Lyon, but that's more just he's, in, he's injured. He can't really play at the moment. His calf, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then the only like, spinner we had for, around for selection, I think, was Todd Murphy, who actually played – in the last test too, but he didn't really get to bowl until like later in the game. He didn't, I think he w- didn't go too bad, but it, w- it wasn't exactly what we needed at the time. So, and I think the main reason they've gone without a spinner this time is I've seen a couple of pictures, a of, couple of pitches of the pitch and to um, And yeah, she looks like a little baddest paradise. So I've heard a lot of critiques online saying, yeah, like if anyone's going to get, this is a baddest pitch. Everyone's like, this is a, this is the pitch to score runs on. So like I said, we're, like I haven't actually said it, but we're two-one up at the moment. We all we need to draw to retain the Ashes, and that's all we're pretty much. If we can get a win, even better. But I think one of the main things leading into this test is the uh, the weather forecast. I, re, I think it's it's in Manchester, isn't it? I think old yeah, traffic, it's in yeah. old traffic. Yeah, the yeah. Oil. So at Manchester, I think they're expecting so the first couple of days it means be all right, like spots of rain here or there. Um, but day four and day five, I think. They're meant to be really rain delayed. Um, I think even on Friday, they're barely like, if they even get out there on Friday, like not Friday, like the very last day, it'd be interesting to see how much time they actually get. So I think what they've been going for is if we can't take a spinner, we need some more aggressive batters. Um, Marsh has done exactly that. Like it'd be pretty hard to drop Marsh after like getting a ton straight up last time, last start. Um, If if we can get out there and at least just bat our way to a draw, I think that's kind of. The mindset they're going with, and like with everyone out there, if if their mind plan, if if their game plan is just to go out there and just bat, like don't score runs, just literally stay in the creases as long as you can and bat out this draw of this win, like that's all we really need to retain the Ashes. So I think there's been a lot of controversy around this Ashes. If we bat our way to a draw, I I think that's the fucking
0: least of I think that's the least of our worries. I agree that that's what we need to do, but that's not what Australia are known for. You've got Dave Warner who. Had massive critics going into the summer and then he goes and makes the big runs. I have a feeling that he's going to get his back up against the wall and just go bang and first session is going to be massive tonight, which can't wait to tune in for. I say this now and he'll probably make four runs, but i look really looking forward to it. Like I said as well, with Wimbledon at the moment, you've got Carlos Alcaraz. Um, The way he's done it is fantastic. They've got a new crop coming through. You've got Holger Roon who has the hat backwards, like the aforementioned Leighton Hewitt that we've got. But the way Alcaraz did it was very impressive because they both um, like to play heavy baseline plays, him and Djokovic, and Djokovic absolutely dominated. He was up 5-0 in the first set, and, but there was one, one point, not one game, that really stood out to me, and that was when Alcaraz, you hit a winner and it went round uh, Djokovic and the crowd just erupted. And by erupted, I mean it's Wimbledon. They were yeah. just sitting there clapping going, oh, great shot. That Golf shot flight. that he hit? You could just say his confidence build, the momentum was like, okay, we're on here. And um, funnily enough, he lost the next four points of the next game, but I believe he did it tactically. And so he's lost the set 6-1 and he's just gone, okay, let's reset, let's restart again. And he come out, guns are blazing in the second set. And from there, he really just controlled the momentum and obviously he got his first Wimbledon, which is great to see. Um, some blokes just feed off it, like if the crowd energy and everything. Some
1: blokes just absolutely feed off it.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Sort of like Collingwood do uh, at the G. Uh, they're down by five goals, ninety thousand. They just thrive off it. So, they might
1: do a little bit to you.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly right. Get get that bit of a boost into your system, like you were saying off air earlier. So, anyway, we're going to go to a break for now, and then we're going to get all into other sports. So there's been some fantastic shows um, that have come across our screens, especially on Netflix. You had the Gulf. What was the Gulf on? Full Swing. Full Swing. You've had a couple of others. The Premier League have done it a bit. But one that's caught my eye this week um, that I've watched is the NFL's The Quarterback. Now, I haven't completely finished watching it yet. But um, for those that are interested in the NFL, and even if you're not, this is phenomenal watch i think
1: my mom has been i've seen her watching she like just cannot stop watching it. every time i get home from work it's just there on the tv
0: so it, it, it's just a different element of professionalism that i've never seen before it's just the first episode and a half i don't want to give any spoilers away but it's very americanized it's like oh we got to get in there and get it man and all of that but the way that Patrick Mahomes, obviously um, the best quarterback in the NFL, just won the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs, the way that he prepares in a week, he does three different sessions with a specific PT that he went there just in like movement and all this other stuff that he does is crazy. And I found out that he's on $50.54 million US million a year for 10 years um, and it adds up why he is. So they've got three blokes on there. They've got Mahomes like I said, uh, Kirk Cousins who's at the Minnesota Vikings and Marcus Mariota who is at the Atlanta Falcons. So you've got Mahomes, like I said, on $50 million a year, just cool, calm, collected as much as you like. It's about, it's about $300 an hour, so not too shabby. And then you've got Mariota who's on $9 million a year for two years and he's got $6.7 million guaranteed, which is nothing to shirk about That's considering, wild. you know, Dustin Martin's on $1.2 million, but you can even see just in this documentary the professionalism in the difference between Mariota and Mahomes and the way that they're sort of treated. But American sports are just...
1: yeah, Like, like the, the amount of money that they throw into like... that. Like, like you were saying then, like our, our top paid athlete is like, what, Dusty, you know, like just over a million? Like theirs is yeah. like tens of millions.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And you've obviously... You've got other athletes like yeah, um, Steph Curry, who we'll talk about the open Championship shit later on, how good that's going to be. But he had the hole in one this week. But, like he needs it. Yeah, like he needs it. They're, just, on top of the card. they're just freakish athletes. So um, ESPN have given out their top 10 quarterback rankings for the year. So Mahomes has gone at number one. You had Joe Burrow at number two. Um, and funnily enough, for the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts, who made the Super Bowl, and had three touchdowns himself just in it. He's at six, which I thought was surprising. So the aforementioned Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota—they didn't make the top ten. I'm interested to watch the rest of the quarterback. But these sports documentaries are getting more and more um, personal per I think, year. Yeah,
1: but wasn't
0: the first one the was it the F yeah, one? Yeah, the drives to survive. and I think that
1: blew up and they've just they've just gone expand from
0: there. Oh, it's a great it's a great look for us sports fans and everyone that else that does listen, but. I thought I'd have a greatest athletes in the world right now bracket um, and get your thoughts on who you would have there. So obviously this was led by Patrick Mahomes. He's the best in the NFL. He's on $50 million a year. Then you've got Nikola Jokic at the Denver Nuggets, who's roughly on about the same, and he's just won the championship with them. You've got John Jones in the UFC. He's the heavyweight champ after three years off. Uh, Erling Haaland as well. He's had 52 goals for the season, Manchester City. They've just won the treble with the Champions League. FA Cup and also uh, the Premier League, of course. Then you've got Scotty Scheffler, who's the number one in golf in the world at the moment. And Carlos Alcaraz, is the number one in tennis. So is there anyone else I'm missing? I know you're probably a racing man and you want to have that. Yeah, AFL, you nearly have to say it's Nick Dacos, yeah, do you? Yeah,
1: I was literally going to say from a cult supporter team would be admitting it. I generally reckon Nick Dacos is the best
0: in the AFL. And that's phenomenal considering he's in second year. But yeah. they're probably, yeah, yeah, athletes at the moment that are the best in the world. So I just thought I'd add those ones in. But, hey, um, if you want to talk about racing, mate, let's get into it straight after the ad. break we couldn't go a minute later than to bring up your horse racing tips mate um uh, let's review last week though how'd you go
1: let's break through so last week i actually had a good day in the pub no, don't
0: believe it how was it frozen over
1: <laughs> flying. i had a good day in the pub
0: let's go for it what have we got
1: so we had Last weekend, well, I don't think it actually mattered out, but we had Eugene Suhail as our best fit of the day, tipped to 550 into 350 at the jump and won by a leg. Thank you for coming. Um, a couple of other notable runs of the day. Um, in the first race at Flemington, we had a lady who was a pretty much – she was a little bit of a boom horse coming out. She's had four trials, four wins. She's a half-sister to Elation, who's a pretty boom horse out of Pricing um, Kent Yard, also with Pricing Kent now. And she started at 2.70 in the morning. By the time she jumped, she was at to five dollars fifty and she never ever was in, in the race. Um uh, I personally was on exploring number one. I was at tens on Wednesday. Um by the time of the jump it was into seven fifty. Um uh, we're actually out playing golf at the time and me and Tommy Dyke had a quick look down at the if you look down at the screen, she was in front by three lengths with, with 100 metres to go, and by the time she crossed the line, she was in front by another length with 100 metres to go. So we've got the choppies there. Um, we had a couple of little stinkies. We had a lot of seconds after that. A um, couple of notable winners in the first couple of races. I think a couple of the, most of the Farris won it um, in the first couple of races. Um, one of the big stories the other day was young Verta has finally broken through again. Uh, it's been about 1,000 days since his last win, his last win was in a Geelong Maiden in 2020 or 2021. I can't remember when it was. But he was, odds, he was an odds-on favourite. I think it was like $2.50, $3 favourite for the big derby the year that he was in it. Um, he ended up getting rolled by Tony hanna in at about $60 million to one. Um, but then he's probably broken through. He's been in some hot form races. Like he's been running behind without a fight. Like that without a fight form line from up in the Brisbane carnival is going to be, I reckon it like... It's been running. It's been producing winners at the moment. Lorty's have come out and won since. Up in uh, he won at Doom, and I think in the last couple of days at the of the of their carnival, Young Werner, who was third in that race, has just come out and won down at Flemington for the first time in a thousand days. Um, but bomb stacked up for now, and I reckon it's gonna be a pretty good form for the future too. Um, if without a firekin, anywhere can continue anywhere near what he's been doing up in the Brisbane carnival, he's gonna be a massive threat. Especially they've, they've been talking about a Cox play. I personally don't know if he's going to go that way because I just don't know if the is going to suit him. He looks more like a Flamington Caulfield horse, big, big straight, big galloping room. I don't think the tight track of the is going to suit him. But I reckon if you're going to have a really bet on him, I reckon the Caulfield Cup is a great bet for um, without a fight. So watch out for him. Um, we had a couple of other notable things for the weekend. Uh, Hong Kong Racing's all done. Their, their season's ended. Yeah, And our boy Zach Pert has broken the all-time uh, seasonal record. He smashed Joe Marira's, uh season. He Moreira had a record of 170 and Purdue finished the season on 179 wins. So he stayed on that bar all the way up. So I don't know. It might take a couple of years, if ever, to get that beat. And 179 wins in a season is quite ridiculous, even for the competitive racing that's in Hong Kong. And the fact that they have like half the amount of races that we do in and some of our best jockeys over here are likely to get to 100 wins a season. He's got 179 in a full season. He's been riding up against some pretty good Hong Kong jocks. Um, he's been riding some pretty good horses over there, which has definitely helped him. Um, speaking of the Hong Kong racing, uh, we have one of oh, them, I think it's Premier Warrior. Is, I think he's in the top five highest rated horses um, currently. And he's been nominated for the Cox plate um, for Jay, with J Mac in the saddle. And they haven't. They were. I'm in an hour about a lead-up run, so they want to get him used to the Victorian tracks and like our way of racing. So they're going to have a his first start down under is going to be in the Turnbull, ridden by J Mac again. I think he's currently favourite for that as well as the Cox Plate. Um, be interesting to see how he goes in the Turnbull. Um, if he wins that, he'll be will be odds on for the Cox Plate. They will just come for him straight away. Um, but. So, like Jamo's already won a couple of group ones with him over in Hong Kong, so that's why he's obviously got the ride. But if, if he wins his Turnbull even runs a pretty good race, you should remain favourite for the Cox Plate, um, if not be our favourite. So that's a pretty much a wrap on the last week's racing.
0: Have you got any big tips coming into this week? Obviously, it's going to be another great week. Where, yeah, are, we, so where are our races at? Yeah,
1: we're at Caulfield and Rose Hill this week. Um, we're slowly starting, at, if you can believe it or not, we're actually getting close to the Spring Carnival. We've got the Blatchley Stakes, which is the feature at Caulfield uh, this weekend. It's not the best Blatchley field I've seen, um, but it's still it's still a at The end of the day, um, and we got so this is, and then we've got the winter the winter challenge is the is the feature race at Rose Hill this weekend. Has um, produced pretty good winners in the last previous years. Um, we've got the Missile Stakes in a couple of weeks, which is just the Group Two leading up to the Spring Carnival in. in Things at Rose Hill and that's in a couple of weeks. And then the first group one of the season is mid-August and that is the week stakes at Rose Hill. So that to look forward to. But this weekend, there are a couple – I've had a quick look this morning. There's a couple of good bets. There's not I, – I, for once, I'm actually preferring the Sydney – I'm probably going to have a bet more in Sydney than Caulfield. There's a couple of good races in Caulfield, but there's just not that much value. Um, in the second – no, sorry, third race, number one, Rolls. He's been utterly like his last three runs, hasn't missed a play in his last three runs, was third behind young Verta last time, like 0.4 of a length over, over two thousand metres. And he's a Warner World Cup winner. Um he's been in great form. It's like that's a me. like he should be winning that race. If you want to take two thirty, can it's just like he should be winning, but if you want to take two thirty, that should be winning it. Um have got two the two manga dolphin horses for the day at Caulfield are uh, race six number one Kin at two dollars fifteen, and he absolutely blew them away last start. Uh, Same track and trip. He the the run the run prior to his win at Caulfield, he had the best last two hundred meter sections of the day, Um, so that's why everybody was bucking they were bucking and loading into him at Caulfield. Um, Got back and just sprinted past the whole field for a day that wasn't known for getting back and running on, but he did it. Um, And he gets Celine Gaudrey again back in the saddle. He's a two fifteen, so I'd be probably taking him one out in the quaddy. Um, the other one to watch out for is race 7, number 6, Vavia. Pretty much the exact same deal. Had a great last session, was racing up in Sydney. They brought him down to uh, Victoria to have a race down here. Caulfield sat pretty much last at the corner and just sprinted past the whole field. He's also got Blake Shin in the saddle. Um, couldn't get a better jock in Victoria at the moment. So that's I mean, They're at 260. They're all those really good fans, Like I think they should be winning, but they're all like $2, $2.60 $2, shots if you want to take them. Um, but on the Rose Hill, this is where the best bet and the pretty good value bet of the day are. Um, in I think in the main race up there. No, sorry, not the main race. The best bet of the day anywhere. I talked about this horse previously. A black booker. Uh, it's a European import having a second run, Charlton Lane. Uh, first up down here had the best of the last six hundred sectionals of its race. I think no, actually not a race of the day. Um, White Bob used to it ran over 1,300 metres first up here, and it was crunched from like $7 into $3 um, in its first up run. I never even heard of it or backed it, but everybody has been tipping it since. That's a $3 currently. Um, up in distance should be no issue. Maranousa's know how to train them up for that. Um, so children lane is easy, best bet of the day. And there's a little roughy, if I can just find the, I think it's race eight. Yeah, here we go. Race 8. So the Winter Challenge up in, the, um, up in Rose Hill. Barbie's Fox was the most unlucky horse in Australia last start. It was absolutely power into the line. and was just running up arseholes the whole way home. Um, gets Zach Lloyd back in the saddle again. Ben and J.D. Hayes are just an absolute fire at the moment. Best um, strike. I don't know what their exact strike rate is, but they're having a really good run at the moment. Especially like in this off period just before the carnival, it's good to see that they training winners and like that. their was going strong, and you're getting seven dollars for Barbie Fox to win this in two fifty a play. So I reckon that's a great each way bet. Um, but yeah, best bet of the day clearly is race seven number two at and Rosefield and Charlton Lane at three dollars.
0: Remember to gamble responsibly as well. But I'll be remiss not to talk about how you said that was playing golf on the weekend, which, funnily enough, is a great segue into the Open Championship. But before we get into who's going to be the winner at the Open Championship, how did you go on the weekend, mate? How did you hit them?
1: I had twenty nine points instead. F- I played around the course. I played around Tap for. I haven't played. I've played there a couple of times. Um, I haven't played there that often. But it took me a couple of holes to get a warm up. But I hit a couple of good. Um, I did not have any birdies, but a couple, I had made a couple of good um par parts, So I think, yeah, I, think I had 29 points in the end. I think I had 12 on the front and 17 on the back, so I had a pretty good back night. Um, but, like, it was a pretty good day out there. One um, of the mates I played with Doc, I think he had 24 or 25, so... I had him covered. Um, but no, other than that, was a pretty good day out
0: there. Yeah, well, funnily enough, I'm just looking at my spreadsheet across for the Open Championship, which does start tomorrow, um, 20th of July 20th of July time. That is a
1: great time to be coming over from work and watching
0: the golf. Fantastic timing. But, yeah, funnily enough, throughout the spreadsheet, I've got Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler both $8.50 to win it, but there's no Nick Lott there. So. Yeah, I, I don't
1: know. that must be a bug in the system.
0: Yeah, it must be a bug in the system. But who, who do you have winning the Open Championship, mate? Tough
1: question. Um, from... It's like from like most things. I like to bet. If I do have a bet, I like to bet on like if if they've if, if, if they've had a win recently, or like I same as all like most of my bets. If I can never understand how a horse or someone has come last in one race or anything, just and wins the next, like it does make, it makes no sense to me. Um, so I always try to tend to bet on form. Um, and Rory McIlroy is in the form of his life. Just won the Genesis Scottish Open. Last start, um, he, he said. He said his approach on eighteen was the best golf shot he's ever hit in his life. <laughs> so that's pretty big raps. mean, um, he's been dying to win a major since like home grand advantage. Um, it's not Royal Liverpool, so it's not two hundred grand. But it, like, he's, it, everyone like it's it, it's the Open. Everyone loves Rory. They're going to be cheering for him. But this is I, I personally bet I've bet on McElroy, but I've also going to go for the back to back Cameron Smith. Oh. He has been playing. He hasn't looked like his last three tournaments over in the UK. He's won, like he's won that he won the PJ, he won the live comp over there, he won the Open. Obviously, he's going for three or four in a row in England. Like I can't see it like a fault in his game at the moment. If he if he can keep up that form that he's in right now, and you getting fifteen bucks of that, I'll happen. I've taken both of them, um, but yeah, I personally think that Cameron Smith's going to go back to back. Bit of Aussie flavour and everything. I tend to be a bit biased on that, um, but yeah, I think the form he's in, like he's won it. Yeah, like I said, he's been winning over there recently. McIlroy tender has this bit of a, oh, yeah, just okay. uh, like he's a lot back. He's got to carry so much more weight because he's so much more expected to win it than Cameron yeah. Smith is. So he's got a lot more to pressure. Carry. Yeah, he's got more pressure to deal with. So. I think that might get the better of him. But he can still win it. Um, I've still got some money on him. But, yeah, my, def- my definite fit to take it out is, is Cameron Smith.
0: Well, I might just get the producer to get me a bit of wide out because I had Colin Morikawa at 29 to win it. He's my man and maybe that's a little bit biased. He hasn't been in that form that you spoke about to the, to the degree of what the other boys are. So I might just get the wide out and rub that one out. But for me, Colin Morikawa is a bit of a smoky and he we'll find love- out next week how both of, it, both of them are going to go. He
1: does love a major as well.
0: Straight after this, we're going to get into the NRL. Just a quick recap on that and break down the AFL, who can make the finals and who can't. So the NRL, like we just spoke about, there's 17 or 18 weeks gone. They have got. Uh, they obviously have the bye for having the extra team in the league because they have 17, but the Panthers are uh, looking to get their three-peat like we spoke about at the start of the episode, uh, 30 points. They're equal top with the Broncos, but have a game in hand. The Storm um, in third, which is surprising. They had a really poor start to the year. They're still going okay, and the Raiders round out the top four, but right at the bottom you've got the West Tigers who – both West teams, West Tigers and West Coast, are going absolutely porridge at the moment. And they'll be looking to bounce back. So it's going to be an exciting week of the NRL. And I'm really looking forward to watching that. And just as I've said that as well, the Dragons versus the West Tigers on tomorrow night. You've got the two bottom teams. I will not be tuning in for that When You've got the footy on, you've got the Ashes on, you've got the Tour de France on, which we haven't even spoken about. And
1: you've got the golf.
0: And you've got the golf on. So I think the Dragons and West Tigers are probably going to take a backseat on that one. Um, for the opening game for NRL Week 21. But there is a few good games. You've got the Rabbitohs versus the Broncos, which is um, always a fantastic game to watch. The Knights versus the Storm is going to be a close-watch game, and let's see if the Panthers can absolutely dismantle the Canterbury Bulldogs, which I think that they should. Uh, Without further ado, though, I think that the NRL is already wrapped up by the Panthers, and that's my big call. So I know we're only in Week 21, but for me, the Panthers, are, are they are going to go on and win it again? They've lost some players in the off-season, but if you don't mind that cheeky little dabble that we spoke about earlier, have a go on the Penrith Panthers to win it. Gamble responsibly. Gamble responsibly, of course, and gamble successfully <laughs> like we do speak about. It's time to look at the AFL now. We usually do a bit back in the time machine and – have a look over the the round that's just gone, and maybe it's because my bombers got done on the weekend, and I don't want to talk about your blues, which who were Why fantastic, not? by the way. But I reckon we have a look at the ladder, and we have a look at who can make it and who can't from here. So obviously, we'll start down the bottom from here, where six six games remaining. We'll look at the obviously 18th West Coast; they can't make it. They're looking at getting at Harley Reid, the number one pick so far. They've been quite poor, and um do you think Adam Simpson's going to see out the rest of his contract?
1: When's the contract
0: end? Next year. No. He'll no. be gone this year. You reckon he'll be gone this year? Yeah. You've heard I it couldn't here imagine first. them
1: not. I, like, yeah, I couldn't imagine him keeping him around for the rest of like this year. Yeah. Next year, no. Nah. I reckon they'll be looking for a new coach All right.
0: during the break. Moving up to 17th, North Melbourne. Funnily enough, both North Melbourne and West Coast have lost 15 in a row. <laughs> it's not the greatest of viewings. Obviously, West Coast has been a lot poorer in the way that they've lost. Obviously, you had that drubbing by uh, Sydney, which was 181 points. Um, North Melbourne, obviously, they're not going to make it. Not this year. Clarko back round 21, as we've heard today, through the radio waves. I think they're going to keep Clarko around. You'd hope so, um, in in comparison to Simo. But, yeah, I think that goes without saying that North Melbourne are not going to be playing finals this year, Lottie. I agree. Hawthorne, much improved. They've just beaten North Melbourne, who we just spoke about. Did
1: we all but, tip North Melbourne last week, actually, too?
0: We did all tip North Melbourne. Thanks for bringing that up.
1: Even the
0: face. I think Hawthorne have improved. I said that they were going to finish on the bottom of the ladder, and I thought rightfully so after they had a shocking start to the year. They had a couple of drubbings to Essendon, Sydney, to start their year. But Sam Mitchell was just starting to turn the cogs now, and you're seeing those little green shoots that they talk about for success going into next year. So I think Hawthorne will be okay. Obviously, they're probably still two or three years away from probably even playing finals, to be honest. But uh, they're looking okay. Obviously, they're not going to make it this year. Um, And this is where it gets interesting. Everyone sort of cuts it above from where they are. You've got Fremantle in 15th, 28 points. They're two games behind um, Essendon, who are in eighth at the moment. And their percentage is quite porridge on 89.3%. So they're roughly around 12 to 13% less in two games. Can Freo make it?
1: I'd say
0: no. No, I don't think that they can either. I think they've just been too poor away from home. and Even at home. Even at home, an at, at aspect. So I agree with you on that. Sydney, obviously, they've just gone and beaten Western Bulldogs last week in what was a really great game to see the end of them. They're, just, they're finding a little bit of form and have, is it a little bit too late?
1: I think it is a little bit too late. I think I think they're a side that really excels at home. Um, especially at like they like said, get like if they've got that crowd around them, it's always going to give you a little bit more boosting. But I think if it gets like, like, like the Grand Final last year, down in like down in the MCG, no chance. So I don't think like I don't know what their remaining schedule is or if they've got any more games.
0: That's why I'm here, mate. Yeah. They've got three O this week in Freya like you spoke about. So 14th versus 15th, yeah. it's basically straight down the line with the bookies from where they say it. we we'll see Saturday, 7.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it's going to be that game. Who are you going to tip in that game before we get into our tips? We're going to give a bit of a preview away.
1: I think I'm going to go Fremantle
0: at home. Fremantle at home. So that would basically rule out Sydney for the yeah. year then from what you say. it. Sydney's run home, it is quite interesting um, just as I pull that up now. I think that they're still within a the chance. They're only six points. They've got Freya this week. They've got Essendon at Marvel, Giants up at the Giants Stadium. They've got Gold Coast at home and Adelaide and Melbourne to round out their years. So they're going to have to have a few wins on the board now to really sort of bank that up. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they could be done, unfortunately. It's a big round coming up, which we will speak about. Gold Coast. They've just got rid of Stewie Jew, who's been in the Ashes change rooms with the Aussies. Have you seen that? that? The big Stewie Jew. (laughs)
1: From one world to
0: another. It's phenomenal. I'm loving it. People are going, oh, why is Stewie Jew down there? That's It's a big yeah. point of difference. I love it. It's big, I, I mean yeah. that respectfully. Yeah. Oh, I love Stewie Jew and um, it just obviously wasn't That's working so out. Sweet. Yeah, obviously listening. So the Shepherd and Ray Stephen King for the Gold Coast Suns is the interim coach at the moment. Used to play at Geelong as the big ruckman there. He's taking them over at the moment. They're only four points outside the eight, seven uh Seven points, I guess you could say, in percentage behind Essendon. Um, how do you say that? Do you reckon they can make it?
1: I'd say no for the Suns. Um, I still just don't think they're
0: there yet. I, I don't. I think they're a bit mentally fragile. Yeah. Respectfully, of course, as well. And I still, I, I do
1: really like them. I just don't think they're good enough
0: yet. Well, their next, their next four rounds are as well, the rest of their season is do or die, really. But especially probably the next three weeks, you've got the Giants then you've got Brisbane, then you've got Adelaide. So you'd think they're going to have to take at least two of those um, to make the finals. But we'll see what happens. It's log jam from here. Adelaide Crows in 12th next, uh, 32 points. Their percentage is phenomenal. They're they're 114.8%. They're only a game outside the eight. They've been really poor probably the last two weeks. Um, how do you say them?
1: I reckon they've got one. They're, on, they're on the exact same points, but better percentage than Suns. That I, I reckon they they've got a better chance than most of the teams outside the eight to make it. In, I reckon. I really like the cars. I reckon they're going to be. If they, that's what I mean, they're to take. They're to get a couple of good wins, but that percentage keeps them up there. Like they're, they're only going to get one or two wins. So I get them back up in there, but yeah, I, I don't mind Adelaide. I reckon they've got a pretty good chance of playing finals.
0: I think their their core, based around Walker's, had a couple of poor weeks. He's yeah. really a good player. Rochelle, obviously, he's lowered his colours last week. He's been suspended. The good Shep man. but I think in terms of the way that they're sort of moving the ball around, Dawson Laird, It's just really dropped off. Even Sloan from their sort of aspects. I know Sloan's a bit more of a role player now, as a veteran in the side. But I think Adelaide—they'd be disappointed with the last couple of weeks and. Well, this game this week against Melbourne at the G is going to be enormous. So I feel like it is do or die because they've got Port the next week after that. Adelaide need to get back into a little bit of form. And next we move on to the Tigs. Doc will be tuning in for this one. He will want to hear it. They're only two points shy of Essendon, um in eighth. He won't want to hear this. I reckon they're no good. They're
1: done. Really? Yeah. They won't make finals. No way.
0: Do you have a reason that sort of gives that belief?
1: I just don't think they're playing anywhere near as good as they had been. Like the, the points back it up, their wins at like their wins and their losses. I don't know. I just don't. Right, a couple of years ago, I thought like they were the best sign in the league by a country mile, but they have dropped off massive.
0: Well, we hear about the Richmond culture. We hear about the way that they' have seen sort of, the Richmond culture. Yeah, we've seen it. The way they sort of have that handball sort of movements. But uh, one big name that stands out for me and the whole reason that the, I said he was going to potentially win the Coleman and he was one of the most valuable players in the comp in Tom Lynch. He's, out, he's out for the rest of the season now with that foot injury. So I think he's just an enormous loss. I think, obviously, Jack Revolt sort of getting towards the end of it. You see spurts where he kicks three or four goals, but from there it sort of drops off. You've got Toby and curvis their big ruck and suspended, and Jaden Short out with um, a hamstring for pro- potentially the next three weeks, which is do or die for them. So they've got Hawthorne this week. You think they should win that, but Lottie reckons it's a bit of a false door trap. Which could cost them there. So I think that they're a chance to still make it, but I don't think that they're the threatening Richmond team yeah. that we've seen uh, previously. Uh, moving on to your boys now in tenth Carlton. I'll leave the floor with you, yeah. mate. Oh, Go
1: for man. it. hundred percent. You reckon? Yep. I, I think I've already gone through and looked at our coming up games. We got West Coast this week. Yeah, That should be. that should be like four or five in a row. But the only like we've got St Kilda, we should we should be. We've got Giants, we should be. We've got Gold Coast, we should be. There are only two games that we've got: Melbourne and we've got Collingwood. So I reckon we should we should have at least four of them. But if we can beat Melbourne or Collingwood in one of those games, we should be able to make the finals.
0: You should be able to of make we it. To first with, call,
1: we should be like, we we'll be a pretty good chance. It's
0: it's so funny that the first game of the season between Carlton Richmond, which was a draw, could inevitably um, the ruin the end, the last game of the season. So it's going to be great to watch. I think Carlton make it as well, and I just think that momentum at the right time of year, they say the last four or five rounds is where you really obviously see sides. It's kind in. of
1: opposite to us last year. Like last year we had a phenomenal start. Yeah. yeah, and then just like, yeah, like we, we lost in the last four. Like we lost to Adelaide, lost to of lost to Melbourne, and then, yeah, so that pretty much ruined us the last couple of games. So I'm hoping we've learned from that. Um, and then like, yeah, we've we, been like doing it like, like average and winning by 50 points plus. Our last couple of things, it should, it should stay like that this week, going only home against West Coast. Um, but yeah, if we keep that up and that percentage keeps going up, we should be even like even points wise, we should be there. But I think that percentage is going to get us up the line.
0: The thing that's really compounded this for me, and um, it's unfortunate to say that Harry McKay is going to be out for the next six weeks with his MCL. Yes, he was a little bit down in form, but it changes the complexion of your forward line as massively.
1: As soon as he went out the other week, we straight away, only got four, what got four,
0: and that's. The the younger, smaller players, your Motlops, your Jack Martin, who's not that young anymore, that sort of mosquito fleet type forward line could really work for Kerner. Yeah. And he could he could put on an absolute show. And I reckon he's gonna sew up the Coleman. And that's why I think Carlton will make finals. All right. On to the ninth place now, which is where I hope Richmond finishes. GWS Giants. They have been impressive. They Five in a row. Ninety nine point nine. Ninety-nine point four percent, sorry, I should say. Um, they're just down below Essendon in that aspect. Do you see them playing finals? I don't. You don't?
1: No. I, I, I think the was going to burst through, kind of like a Port Adelaide thing. Like they are playing good footy and everything, but I just don't think they've got it in them. I reckon the, the pressure will get to them, or I don't know what, but I just, yeah, I've just got a gut feeling that they're just not going to make it.
0: So they've got the Suns at home, Doggies away, Sydney at home, Port at the Adelaide Oval, Essendon at Giants Stadium, and Carlton to finish here. Carlton Giants could be a massive game to end, end the season. And like Corey said in his predictions at the start of the year, on the first podcast, we said, what are our predictions? He goes, I reckon Carlton will lose to get out of the eight against the Giants in the last round of the season. Oh, yeah, yeah. I said, there's no chance. And then obviously a couple of weeks ago, he he's like, nah, obviously it's not going to really play out that way. But hey, Corker Corker could finally, it's like a broken clock's run twice a day. So he could get that one over the line. We move on to my bombers now. Who, oh my jolly gee, we're poor against Geelong on the weekend. Yeah, oh, just just a smidge. Um, Geelong really showing their true colours, but uh, it was probably a bit of a reality check that Essendon and Essendon supporters needed that yeah. they're not they're not there yet. Um, I'm interested to hear your take. I um, didn't
1: actually, yeah, I didn't actually watch the game. Um, I just kept trying to check in the scores, and I just kept laughing every time I kept checking the scores, so it just kept going up and up and up. It's, it's pretty good from a count supporters perspective.
0: But. Just in regards to finals or no finals? Yeah, I don't um, think they're
1: going
0: to finals. Interesting. So they've got, which is a blockbuster game on Friday this way, Essendon versus the Doggies, 7th versus 8th. It's really that typical 8-point game, which we, we hear about so often, but it is true in this aspect. We'll get to the tips in a minute, um, but there. We've got Bulldogs, then Sydney, then they've got West Coast, North, Giants and Collingwood to finish in the last round, so the last round could be juicy. Yep, um, a, couple of,
1: a couple of good last round matchups been so far. Yeah,
0: there is. I can't wait to give our predictions on that, but um, I'm not giving an opinion on Essendon at this stage because I just know it's going to come back to bite me on the bum. We will move on to seventh now, and the doggies who surprisingly, I don't. I'm not a big fan of the doggies at this stage. I know they're in seventh and they're going well. Percentage is okay, and they're equal with St Kilda doggies Essendon, and the Giants all on 36 points which is nine wins do you think they make the finals I
1: think they do yeah i I, I tend to I, I don't mind the Bulldogs um I reckon oh, I just really like their players I reckon they they go like I don't watch them too much but I just reckon they've got a pretty good field um and I seen last week um at the siren when like when bond like, his thing with grand like hey, he was so pissed like I reckon they're like they' now to him like they're like now nah, we're playing finals like I reckon
0: they've got that dog in them. Got that dog in them. I love it. So, obviously, they've got Essendon, like we spoke about, the Giants, Richmond, Hawks, Eagles, and Geelong to finish the year. I think that they should get it done. I I think that they get it done as well. Now, we move on to St Kilda, which is an interesting one. I'm not sure if you've seen on the socials and for those out there on the SC Instagram page, I gave out my power rankings for the year. And St Kilda, like we just mentioned, are in sixth, but I've got them at tenth on my power rankings. I just think they are shot in the foot. No Max King, um, Seb Ross is out for a few weeks, and a few clouds over Callum Wilkie. I don't know. I'm not. A, I'm not sold on St Kilda, and Ross Lyon himself wasn't sold on them. I'm not sure if you've seen his interview. He goes, he goes. The way we're going, uh, North Melbourne's going to beat us next week. So he's just, not only has he potted his own boys in St Kilda, he's potted North Melbourne along the way, and he said we don't deserve to play finals, which. It's alarming considering you got Essendon supporters, you got Carlton supporters who are in eighth and tenth. They were going, "Oh yeah, we're going to make it." And St Kilda in six, and he goes up. Ah, we've blown a gasket. We're done in.
1: Well, it's so like there's only two. Like with the draw, we're only two points off. Like it's literally a game, isn't it? So, any like from eleven to six is all two points.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Look, I think. Um, From fifth above, I think Geelong have proven their point now. I don't think we need to sort of go through them. But if you look at St Kilda, their next two weeks, they have to beat North and they have to beat Hawthorne. Uh, That's just absolute givens if they want to play finals and sew it up, I think. But I still don't think that they make it, which is interesting enough. All right, we'll give our predictions going into this week. We usually have a quiz, but the other boys have had a couple of sickies pulled on. I'll have to check their annual leave, but they've pulled out late. But we'll give our predictions for this week. And see how we go. So we got Essendon versus the Bulldogs. And Hixey sent me through a list, so he can't be that crook on the Cups. So we've got the Adam Cooney Cup, the Jake Stringer Cup, and the Stuart Crammery Cup. I want to hear your prediction first. I got
1: the Bulldogs. I reckon they got that dog. Bond will be kicking his boys over the line. I think that's me. They'll be so pissed off about last week. They'll be coming out. Full edge, I it in fairness, you guys will be too after that fan. You will have to kick back, but I I just think the dogs are a better side.
0: I hate to agree with you, mate. It's not doesn't sound for good podcasting, but that is correct. I think the doggies get up this week. Moving on to the Richmond Hawthorne game, which is the Tyrone Vickery Cup. Have you got in this one? I've got
1: Richmond. Should be a pretty easy win, I hope. Um, I'm going to hope, but like, yeah, I reckon if Horsell win, there'd be really fucking danger zone for Richmond. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think the ticks will get over the line.
0: Carlton West Coast, we spoke about that. The Chris Judd Cup. Yep. The Josh Kennedy Cup, which is a part of the same trade there. And Sam Petreski seaton who hasn't done too much across at West Coast at this stage. You obviously tip Carlton, but how much do you tip him by? Oh, I'd say you're good 80. Ooh, 80. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I'm going to go Carlton by 43. Yep. Brisbane-Geelong game now. We've got the Mitch Clark Cup. you got the Lincoln McCarthy here as a current player. Alan Christensen and Nakia Cockatoo Cup. Um, this is a massive game. Um, Geelong really want to win this for top four and Brisbane want to hold that after losing... Nearly on the siren last week, to Jake Malksham.
1: Yeah, I reckon the Brisbane Lions are going to turn up at home. The uh, same thing that they both kind of excel at home. Um, Catch up what they did the last week against the Dons at home. I reckon the Lions are going to do the, pretty much the exact same thing. To Maybe not by that margin, but yeah, I reckon the Lions are a pretty good bet. Not forty eight. So that's pretty good for them at home.
0: Cannot believe I'm agreeing with you yet again, mate. Freo Sydney. We spoke about how big this game is for the Troy Cook Cup. I think that Sydney are going to roll them here. I think that Sydney are just going to find a way. Last week's spark is good.
1: Yep. No, yeah, I'm going against you here. Yeah, as I said, primacy, I reckon hard to do advantage is going to be good enough for Fremantle to get over the line there.
0: I'm just going to go to the microwave, mate, and grab out the popcorn because Port Adelaide versus Collingwood is enormous, one versus two. The John McCarthy, the Tyson Goldsack, he was rookied by Port, actually, and the Cameron Cloak Cup. Who have we got? Uh, Does Port have their people
1: back?
0: And- and the prison bars or yeah. I'm not? sure? I- <laughs> um, Port should, yes. I think they had a few rests last week. I
1: reckon Port, I'm going to go Port. I reckon it's, it's-, it's, at-, it's at Port. Um Collingwood's bubble's going to burst at some point. I don't think that could keep going. Port be a bit filthy after last week there, bubble bursting. So hopefully with advantage, Port and eight.
0: Collingwood, I'm number four. We've got four blokes in the group that are Pies supporters. So I'm going Port by 106 this week. I think that they should get it done. Giants versus Gold Coast in the Jacob Townsend Cup. Uh, Jacob Townsend is really good for this game as well. He's played it at four different clubs. Whew. How do we say? I, I, I honestly think that the... Gold Coast can win. I think the Giants, like you said, they've won five in a row. I just think the Suns might get it done. Yeah.
1: No, yeah, I'm going to go the Giants. I reckon they've got a. I reckon this is one of the games they should be winning. Um, they've got a couple more coming up soon at the probably end, but I reckon they'll keep that streak going this week.
0: And that is the Marination Station game. Shout out to you, Corker, who's in England at the moment. Sorry, he's in Frankfurt, Germany uh, at the moment. He should be back on the pod in a couple of weeks. Melbourne versus Adelaide for the Jake Lever Cup, who currently plays. Bernie Vince. Scott Thompson and the Colchini Cup. I'm gonna I'm gonna tip Adelaide here. They've had two poor weeks in a row. They don't play well at the G, but the last time they played there against Collingwood, they should have won, should have stolen the game. I'm gonna tip Adelaide to respond.
1: Yep, that's right. I'm going against you once again. Melbourne
0: no will get it done. <laughs> tips are gonna look very different this week. <laughs> that's good though. St Kilda versus North North for the Karen Farran Ray and Nick Delsano Cup. What do you got?
1: I'm going to go north. Really? Yep. I'm going to tip them. Why not?
0: Oh. Like the coach we said, did it last week. Yeah,
1: I know. What like the coach said, we could lose to North Melbourne, and I would fucking love to see Good to lose him, to North Melbourne. Um, Surely North they got to have to some fight in them somewhere. Um, I reckon it's going be a pretty good game for them to win. Um, but, yeah, I am going to go north.
0: You've convinced me, mate. I'm going to go north as well. Um, well, thanks for joining me on another episode of the SC Weekly Wrap, Lottie. Uh, he's already having a punt looking for next week thanks for tuning in everyone else